You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show and our new board operator, Paul Roberts. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This community talk show airs on Wednesdays live at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on octalkradio.net. Listening to our show as a podcast, we thank you for making our program a part of your busy day and encourage you to consider listening to the program live during our broadcast. The goal of the show is to help you, our listening audience, to learn more about the many worthy nonprofit organizations that are serving the needs of our Orange County residents. If you're listening to the program today live and you'd like to join in the conversation that I'm planning to have with Don Schoendorfer, PhD, founder and president uh, of his organization, then make sure that you find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net. There you can log in with your Twitter handle. This will connect you right to our producer slash board operator slash intern, Paul Roberts, and uh, he'll be able to communicate with you. Possibly he'll bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention just across the glass here in the studio, and then I can bring it in with, as I said, my featured guest for today, Don Schoendorfer, who is the founder and president of Free Wheelchair Mission. Don, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. Well, thank you for letting me participate. I'm excited to have you on the program, and I wanted to start our questions this afternoon on the program just to ask you if you could, before we talk about your organization, tell us a little bit about you, your background, what were you doing that predated you starting this organization and then taking over as the president? Well, I I sort of was born with a passion to to be an engineer and I spent a lot of time getting a wound up with a degree from MIT, a, a PhD in mechanical engineering. Um, got involved in biomedical engineering, did a lot of work in blood cell separating equipment and diagnostics equipment, and transdermal diagnostics, and then the last group uh, effort was with uh, biometrics, fingerprint biometrics. Uh, and all this happened before I realized that I was better suited for wheelchairs. Obviously, an impressive educational academic background, and then you, you, you kind of skimmed lightly on the professional background, and I'm sure it was very accomplished as well. You said you were better suited for wheelchairs. So as the founder of Free Wheelchair Mission, talk to us about the inspiration for starting your organization. As your organization is called Critical Mass for your show, the critical mass for for me to make up my mind to do something about this issue is when I discovered the the ugly truth of the need for wheelchairs in developing countries being so high. The estimates were between 20 million and 130 million people. Uh, I just couldn't believe that. You know, we've adopted the number 100 million, but just imagine 100 million people living day to day without a wheelchair living in the ground. Well, when I discovered that. That was shocking, and then uh, I found out that the number is imprecise because in many countries they're not counted as only an estimate. It seems sort of harsh to me to to be an estimate, a human being, but just an estimate. Uh, and I looked at it further, and you know, there even back in the late 90s, there are a number of really 
dedicated, uh, um, organized groups trying their best to s- deal with this issue, but they're using Western-designed, American-designed wheelchairs, uh, fixing them up and trying to get them out and giving them to these disabled people in developing countries. A lot of work there, they, and they, they'd accomplished a lot, but if I added up all the numbers they had given out by 1999, it was about 100,000 wheelchairs combined, all the groups that I could find in the world. And that's 100,000 to going to 100 million, so that's a 0.1% success rate. And uh, it really, really if, you know, they're not going to get there without a better model for a wheelchair, and that's kind of where the engineering part of it took over for me. Okay, Don, hold on, because I, I, want, I want to get to the wheelchair and what you devised as a solution to the need in just a moment. But I wanted to, if I could, go back to a phrase that you used, because I th- it's a powerful image. I've heard you use it before, and, and I guess I'd like you to share it with the people that are listening to you today here on the program. You said living in the ground. So could, could you go explain a little bit more what you learned about people who didn't have mobility that were in third world countries. They've got a disability they were either born with or they've acquired along during their life. Um, many people we meet uh, have never uh, had any kind of a medical explanation, any kind of examination to describe the cause of the disability or um, their, how they can deal with it. And the way we, I kind of break it down is there's three different levels. There's a, the, the people that can't use their legs, so they, they probably can't stand up, can't take a step, but they've got strong arms so they can, they can use their arms as legs and they can crawl. And it's a, it's a very, it's probably the saddest situation. I mean, to see, you know, human beings crawling on the dirt, uh, and this, this, it's, you know, our knees aren't designed to be feet and our hands aren't designed to be feet, so, most often these people have um, cuts and scrapes and have massive distortions on their knees and hands just because of the, the process that they have to go through. But all that said, they're probably the, the best off because they do have still some mobility, independence. They can, they can get around by crawling. And then the second group, worse off, is the group that can't crawl, but they're not too heavy, so they can be carried. And, but they have to be, you know, they have to ask to be carried someplace. And then the, the third group, the worst off of all, are the people that are too heavy to be carried. And you could also include in that group the people that maybe be too frail to be carried. And we meet them so often, and they're just living in the back room, being kept alive by their families, neighbors, friends, relatives, because by and large they're not in a country where there's a, any kind of medical um, government program that's going to help them and they're just being kept alive. They're living until they die. We're going to take a break, and after we get back from the break, I want you to talk about the wheelchair that that you use and how you came up with that idea. But before we take the break, I guess I have, I have to ask you one other question. What was it that brought this need to your attention? Well, again, it was, it was primarily that, um, that fact of the, the need was so great and unmet but how did and you, then I'm thinking back of when I discovered that, well, where have I seen a disabled person? And, you know, I live in the United States, so I see people in wheelchairs, but I've, you don't see people crawling here in this country. And then I remember when I was in Morocco with my wife on a vacation in 1979, uh, you know, we saw this, this woman, and we 
literally digging her fingernails into the dirt and dragging her legs behind her, trying to cross a very narrow dirt road. Um, and she was bleeding, and her clothes were were shredded, and um, she was really dirty because she's basically you know living on the ground. And the thing that was even more um, bizarre was the fact that everyone is just sort of ignoring her. And you know, now that I think back at the situation, I understand why because they, it was just one of the situations you deal with in, in their their culture. There's, there's nothing you can do about it, so move on. You know, so that was her lot in life was to live on the ground, and and all the people around them that their their lot was just to get on with life, and they couldn't do anything to help her. It's a pretty desperate situation for her. Very you know, uncomfortable situation for us as Americans to see somebody. The human being actually living on at that level of of um, interaction with social with her, her own in social neighborhood, so to speak, and then the pain she must have been going through, yeah, and the things you, that she had to have, about... had to have given up in life to just keep alive. I'm sorry, but you said the word uncomfortable, and both my producer and I are you, you kind of get a little physical discomfort just understanding what uh, the plight of other human beings in other parts of the world. So we're gonna, we are going to take our first sponsorship break, Don. When I come back, I'm, I'm going to ask you to describe the wheelchair that you give out and the inspiration for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to miss the next part of this conversation uh, with Don Schoendorfer, a free wheelchair mission. But first, we're going to step away and spend just a, a little bit of time with one of our valued sponsors. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com. Or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. Welcome 
back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This show is one in our series of Critical Mass Radio Shows. On Tuesday, we bring interesting interviews with Orange County business leaders on Critical Mass Radio Show. This show is in its fourth year and can be heard live at 4 p.m. On Thursdays at 3 p.m., our nationally syndicated show, Critical Mass Coast to Coast, features small and mid-market business leaders and executives from across the country. All shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, and the other podcasting services we use. All of our shows can also be found from our website, www.criticalmass4business.com. Our interview today on the nonprofit shows with Don Schoendorfer. He is the founder and president of Free Wheelchair Mission. Before the break, Don, I said I was going to ask you to discuss the type of wheelchair that you give out and help us to understand how you came up with this design. Well, we, we have two models now. Um, one is in, within the last three years, introduced about three years ago. I'll start with the first one, though. Because when I, I realized that the, the problem was this big, 100 million people, and I, I looked at U.S. design wheelchairs and realizing some, something back then, 10 years ago, that had enough quality to last would probably be in the $500 range. And I realized, you know, it, it, we had to depart from the conventional design of a chair, a wheelchair. So I did some research. Most common wheels in the world are bicycle wheels. And although wheelchair wheels are you know, in excess of $100 each. You could go to back then at Toys R Us and get a bicycle for $40. And if you kind of did the back, you know, engineering, you figured that those wheels are probably being made for 3 or $4. So that was the start. And then the, the least expensive, most functional, durable chair that I could find was the white resin lawn chair. So combine that white resin lawn chair with mountain bike tires for the rear wheels and caster, industrial casters for the front. And it was literally a chair with four wheels, and that's what we started with. And as we progressed, we learned that you needed to add things like a footrest and brakes uh, and an air pump and a cushion and a harness for, for people that didn't quite fit straight up in the chair and and cushion and various other things we've added to it along the ways. But it was literally a chair with four wheels. We started that way, realizing it was a compromise. A lot of people need more support for their physical disability. But when we found these people, they were either lying on the ground or in some kind of a makeshift bed, and they weren't getting the proper support for their disability there either. So we figured no matter what, it'd be, it'd be an improvement in their lifestyle just to get them up off the ground. So we just started literally giving these chairs away through... Um, non-government organizations around the world offering full containers 550 at a time found a manufacturer for this chair in in china a number of manufacturers and our minimum order was 550 wheelchairs it takes about 15 minutes to assemble the chair it's shipped as a kit and our only requirement to our partners we call them distribution partners is that they they must give them away at no cost they must not discriminate who gets a chair they must give one, give chairs to people who really need the chair and who can't afford to buy one. We just started doing that in 2001, and here we are 11 years later. We've given out about 670,000 of these chairs. 
Can you explain to us the effect that getting a chair like this has had on someone who previously hasn't, hasn't had any mobility? It's hard for them to understand it's really happening. We found uh, people that have put in an application to the government 25, 30, 35 years ago. Some of them can't even remember how long it's been so long with the promise that maybe they would get a wheelchair from their governments. And I don't mean this to be a criticism of, the, of these countries, these developing countries. They just don't have the capacity to help people. And, and there's situations where people don't even know what a wheelchair is. Uh, you know, you sometimes see skate wheels or small wheels on, on, a, on a piece of plywood that they, they scoot around with like a dolly to actually come with something that, first of all, looks brand new because it is brand new, and, and it actually looks quite comfortable because it is quite comfortable. And we want to give it to them, and, and they can't understand this, this concept of somebody giving them anything. Um, and so a lot of times they'll, well, I can't take it because, of, you know, and they're basically thinking, you're going to ask me for money as soon as I get that chair, and I can't take it because I don't have any money. And it's a bit of a process sometimes to convince them that it's absolutely free and we don't want anything back from them. Sometimes people have the, the metal, mental acuity to be able to rattle off the things they're going to do to not they have the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, things that they've been wanting to do, dreaming about doing, uh, never having a chance to do. Sometimes they've they've not been socialized. They've not. They may have a mental disability as well. They may not be able to communicate very well. They may not feel that this. They may, they may not even be living in what you and I would call reality. The interesting thing is these people are kept alive by family members or friends or neighbors or and a they get it immediately. They get the, the power of this gift of a chair because it takes the burden of off their shoulders of caring for these people. And it usually involves one or two other people next to the disabled person. So there's a lot of people that get great relief just by seeing their, somebody they've loved for years, they've done everything they could, and made all kinds of sacrifices in, in addition. To, it could be to the extent even that they may have had to give up their own job so they can stay home and keep track of a loved one. Suddenly to see this person happy, smiling, comfortable, you know, wanting to go outside to see the sun, wanting to get out of a back room, you know, wanting to go to school because they've been become too heavy to be carried to school. You see all these varieties of, of, of people um, and, they're, and, they're, and their reactions are either total silence because they can't believe it to the fact that they just can't stop telling you about all the wonderful things they're going to do now that they have mobility. You know, some of, some of the most powerful ideas are simple. And this is such an simple idea that you have hit on, that you have touched 600, almost 700,000 people in the time that you've been doing this. I, and you're giving them to people who I would have to believe, given the nature of where they live in third world nations, etc., it's, it's difficult to eke out a living, generally speaking, anyway, and then to have a quote-unquote non-productive member in your house. I mean, that has got to be such a burden, and you've really... Um, as you said, it's it's not only helping the individual who receives the chair; it's got to help the people, the family, and the community to, uh, in a, in an immeasurable way as well. Absolutely, unbelievable. Talk to me about sort of your guiding principle in in how you're building and growing free wheelchair mission. What what is what is your overarching kind of philosophy and belief behind building this organization? Well. I came upon this from a, a point of 
almost despair in my life because we were dealing with issues, medical issues with um, our daughters, my wife and I, and and uh, we pretty much surrendered. God, take these problems from our shoulders. We can't solve them. We can't deal with them. And in that process, um, that's kind of what brought me back to the idea that I had maybe better use of my talents than working on medical devices for our society. And then realizing how things are, are, are moving in my life, it was very clear to me early on that this is a plan that God probably had, this whole wheelchair mission idea. And sort of my guiding principle is just to try to be a, a loyal a follower of God's will uh, and not put too much personal thinking behind the project, but to be open to opportunities that come to me. And I, there's no other way I could explain the, the, the wild coincidences that happened that made all this sort of fit together other than the fact that God was behind it. And I know this is very unique probably to most of the people you have on your show, and, and, and some people might think it's really strange to have a Ph.D., engineer talk about getting input from god but in this case it was uh, it was clearly the situation i i i'm glad you're sharing that with our audience because you've to be able to deliver as much uh as you have you you've obviously not done this alone and you've you've needed the help of others both in your organization and, and who see your mission and support it i'm wondering if you might be able to share with our audience a current challenge that your organization is facing today and you know what you have as plans to either address that challenge or what help you might need to overcome that challenge from people that would be listening to the program you know i mentioned um, we have another design of a wheelchair it's it's uh, we just call it gen 2 because we we didn't have a name for the first one and we call that one gen 1 but it's has a lot of the common features of the one I described with the white resin chair and the mountain bike tires, but this one is extremely adjustable. But it, it's, it's the same cost. We figure out how to do it at the same cost, which I, I also have to tell your, your listeners because it's significant. It's $71.88 is what it costs us to have a wheelchair made, shipped, and delivered to one of 87 different countries. It's a pretty remarkably low price. And because of the the chair satisfies the needs of vast majority of the people that are disabled, the demand is growing way past our ability to supply. Because uh, you know these chairs are paid for by donations, mainly from individuals. We've just gotten to know, and not just in Orange County and Southern California, and now we're starting to go a bit more national. But the uh, we get support through people who hear first of all the problem because I think most people listening today didn't realize there could be 100 million people without a wheelchair. And then secondly, that there's a $71.88 solution to it. And I think if that information was, was spread around, uh, word of mouth, what, however, we'll find people who want to support free wheelchair mission. So my primary um, request and our primary request here as an organization isn't funding it. Our primary request is communication. It's getting the word out that there's this big problem and there's a fairly effective, financially effective solution to the problem. When people hear this, there's a few percentage of this. I can't, you know, I can't believe I can change somebody's life for $72. I mean, there's not too many ways you can actually give a permanent solution to a problem for a cost that low. 
It is astounding to think that that small amount of money can have that dramatic of an impact. It's you're to be credited for your ability because I've been to your website. I, I've seen the difference between Gen One and Gen Two, and I guess your engineering background and expertise has been very beneficial in being able to get this thing to a cost point that is absurdly. And I mean, it's it's wonderful that price, the good that it, you can do in for in a person's life. I'm glad to hear on Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show we might be touching a few people over the course of the live show today and also when we rebroadcast as an MP3 download that hopefully, Don, it'll drive some more people to want to help your cause. I, I need to take our second spot. My producers let me know that we need to take our next sponsorship break. Can you stay with us through the break? I have a couple of the questions I wanted to ask you. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, we're going to get back, ladies and gentlemen, with Don Schoendorfer, free wheelchair mission, but first... We're going to step away and spend a little bit of time with another of our valued sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch, too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Just want to let you know that the latest statistics are in, that being for last month. In the last 30 days, the radio show has had almost 22,000 visitors to our website where we house our podcasts of previous radio shows. And from that 22,000 visitors, about 8,000 shows were downloaded uh, for listening by our uh, rebroadcast audience, not our live audience. So we're very happy to see the interest in Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show and others continuing to increase. We thank you for making this program a part of your uh, business day, and we certainly enjoy the opportunity to feature worthy Orange County-based nonprofit organizations here on our Wednesday show as we're doing today with Free Wheelchair Mission and its founder and president, Don Schoendorfer. If you could kind of help us to 
understand how you see your organization changing and growing to meet the need in the future, Don. What's the future hold for you and for the organization? Well, we're, you know, currently our budget's a six, a little over six, maybe six and a half million dollars, and we've been fairly stable the last couple years, growing slowly, you know, through this you know, economy, I guess is considered to be good that we're growing, that we're even existing and, and, and maintained our existence, but actually still growing. But we know uh, we need to move out of Orange County. We know we want to we want to establish a national presence. So we're we're trying to this to come uh, first of all develop the infrastructure of the organization here, the home office, to be able to process a, a whole lot more information about donors and donations. And we've got a very active program to develop an ambassador a program. We call an ambassador somebody who. Isn't necessarily donating money, but don't, but connecting us to people who would, and so they're representing us. This this goes from somebody selling Kool Aid at the corner of the street uh, to somebody actually going into corporations and trying to get corporate money, especially from corporations that are manufacturing in developing countries. This ambassador program, I think, is going to really what we need to take this into the next level. Our goal is to get to a one point. Two million wheelchairs in about five years. So that's a little over double what we are now in five years instead of eleven. And our our long term goal is twenty million wheelchairs, which is you know we're about less than a few percent, uh, less than one percent of that now. So a few percent of it now. I'm sorry. So we've got this growth plan that is going to require us to go national, get into other cities, get in front of other corporations all around the country and then even outside of the country because there's a lot of the rest of the world um, also shares a role in this of responsibility to deal with the disabled people. And we realize there's different rules and different processes and uh, you know tax deduction laws and everything that, are, that apply in other countries. And we're starting to learn about those and learn what it takes to set up an, an organization in another country to help raise funds. I know that you do various activities and programs to expand your reach as you talked about with your ambassador program and, and also for fundraising I know you've had to run for mobility in the past which I think is a great idea um, do you have something like that planned for 2013 and if so can you tell us more about kind of your fundraising activity yes locally Orange County because I imagine a lot of your listeners are local always Super Bowl Sunday which has seemed like a curious time to have a marathon but They've had them now in Huntington Beach for, I think, going on 14 or 15 years. And as whereas most marathons have a whole menu of nonprofits that they support, uh, and that helps just, just um, put more value in the marathon, uh, Surf City Marathon has chosen to have us be their only nonprofit. And it's very generous of them. Um, and... Um, People run um, half marathon, full marathon, and, and there will be 20,000 people plus running. But you know, a lot of we're, we're learning, and as, as runners are learning, you know, it's very easy for runners to, to raise money for a, a, a nonprofit or a cause. They send out simple emails, simple uh, messages, letters, uh, phone messages to their relatives and friends saying, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon, but I want to run for someone who can't. 
walk. I want to I want to run and race wheelchairs. I want to race ten wheelchairs or five wheelchairs or a hundred wheelchairs. And would you contribute? And it, it's it's essentially very very easy for a runner to raise five hundred dollars just from the relatives, friends, company, whatever, matching funds, and all these other things. And so last year we had about 500 people run, and they raised about $500 each. And over the years now that Surf City Marathon has been helping us, they've given us about $2 million from people who have run for a cause rather than just run. And so if listeners aren't runners but they want to help, we need a lot of volunteers to participate in this Super Bowl Sunday day. It's don't you're you're home by one o'clock. You can you you get up early. You work up an appetite, and you can enjoy the football game. It all works out very well. Uh, we have other events in Orange County. Um, uh, we have big we have a big event in July. Our big fundraiser. We're always having volunteers come into the office and assemble wheelchairs. Uh, do a lot of things with respect to the donations that we we raise. There's people that bring wheelchairs down to Mexico just because they have connections down to Mexico. Because, you know, 90 miles from now, from here, there are people that need wheelchairs just as badly as they do on the other side of the world. So there's quite a, quite a flow of wheelchairs going down just to south of the border. If someone would like to visit your website online, could you give out your website address, please? Yes, sir. The name of the organization is Free Wheelchair Mission, and that's three words, free, F-R-E-E, wheelchair mission. And our website is those three words, but there's no spaces in between. And then it's .org. So it's freewheelchairmission.org. And it's a, it's a very comprehensive website. A uh, lot of information, photos, videos, testimonies, uh, the map of the world, and it shows you where that we've been giving out wheelchairs and where we hope to give out more. And we're just starting a Christmas campaign now. Um, it's an interesting concept, but so often people get feel obligated to buy somebody a Christmas present and not having a clue what they could buy that would be useful for somebody they maybe not know very well. Well, you can donate a wheelchair in somebody's name, and they get a really beautiful card, and that card is a little credit card they can remove, and they can pick what, what continent the wheelchair goes to, and if they choose to give us our their web their email address, we'll tell them when the wheelchair is made, when it's shipped, when it arrives at the port of the country, and then when it's given out, we'll send them a picture of somebody in a wheelchair. And if people wanted to use that, I think that's a great way to give out holiday gifts and business gifts. What a thoughtful way to you know thank your clients or, or your supply base. I, I would think this would be... Um, I'd like to expose this to the business community. How, is that information about that gift card program on your website, Don? Yes. If, if it isn't, it will be in a few days. Okay. And then if there's if there's large groups that want to put their logo on this uh, card, they're going to be giving away 100 or so of these cards, and then uh, we'd put their company logo on the card as well. But uh, we're finding a lot of companies just like this because it's a, it's, it's a thoughtful gift. No, there's absolutely no lost money here because the, the employer or the person who's buying the card feels good, the person who receives the card feels really good, and then third of all, someone gets a wheelchair, and that, they feel extremely good. Uh, so there's like there's just a chain of, of joy that goes along with the whole process. Have you done this program before? Yes, we've been doing it for seven or eight years now. 
Fantastic idea. I think it is, and, and I'm glad I'm having you on here in early November because people can act on this for this year's holiday season. They can do it all through the uh, internet. They can they can call our company. Uh, I mean, on, on our website, they can call call our organization, and the phone numbers are on the website as well. And we can do it all over the phone too. And the amount that they would give to the to be able to secure the wheelchair as a gift is how much? Seventy one dollars and eighty eight cents. I'm really taken by your program, by the efficiency of the money that you use, and by the dramatic difference that you make. Uh, in people's lives, 600, almost 700,000 people's lives, plus the people around them. So uh, I'm going to talk to the radio station owner as well, Don, about how octalkradio.net and Critical Mass for Business can continue to get exposure for your, your organization and specifically over the next six weeks, uh, you know, your holiday idea. I think it's a powerful idea. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you giving of your time to talk about your organization and your vision and mission here on our radio program. Thank you for being a friend of our program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Oh, it's, it's a real honor and a real pleasure, because like I said, the, the most important thing for us to do is get the word out that this is a big problem and we have a fairly simple solution to it. You have a amazing organization, and, and again, thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for being on our program. Okay. This nonprofit radio show, ladies and gentlemen, is fast becoming one of my favorite hours of the week to spend time with people like Don Schoendorfer and to understand and get an appreciation for how organizations here in Orange County and Southern California are making a difference in people's lives is just very rewarding. If you've heard the program today live or if you're listening to this as a rebroadcast from iTunes or Stitcher or however you found our podcast, please tell other people about free wheelchair mission. Possibly run the marathon if you're so inclined. Maybe use this as a as a gift idea as well. What a what a thoughtful gift to give people and as Don said it it's like everybody wins. It's everybody feels good based on $72. I mean, think about what you've spent $72 on. Amazing. All right. Well, as again, you know, this is Critical Mass. We're always looking for interesting guests to be on any one of our three programs. If you know of someone who you think would benefit from being a guest on one of our three programs, find my contact section on our website, Critical Mass for forbusiness.com, reach out to me. My phone number is also there. You can call me. It's my cell phone. It'll ring to my office. I'll hopefully be able to pick it up. And we're scheduling now for our 2013 guest list. So we're anxiously looking for guests for the new year. Can't wait. And uh, please, I, I can't encourage you enough to think about sending guests our way. Uh, again, for those of you that have visited our website and downloaded our shows, uh, we've seen a significant surge uh, over the past two months in both aspects of it, and we really are encouraged that you know the continued work that our marketing department is doing to extend the reach of the show and the help of the guest is paying off, as well as the power and energy behind our host radio station, octalkradio.net, all working together uh, is moving the needle here on the program. I'd like to thank our marketing manager, Kelly Faltis, as well as our 
guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard. Our producer for today is Paul Roberts. And just so you'll know, we are uh, advertising and looking for a um, show producer. I'm also looking for a, yes, not to replace Paul, but more of a guest to work on guests, although after the intro, we may replace him as well uh, for the right talent. I'm also looking for an intern to help me with our marketing communications work relative to sponsors. So if you're listening to the show and you know an intern, who a student who's trying to break into the radio biz, this might be a great way in, ladies and gentlemen. So until the next time we have a chance to talk, this is Rick Franzi saying, I hope that all of your decisions move your organization in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show, right here on OCTalkRadio.net.